Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Um, I love Mandra. If Marty doesn't make it, I'll move in here and take over. <laughs> This is a great place. Uh, I am the executive pastor of Elevation. So my job and Bonnie, we serve our location pastors. And so how am I doing depends on how Marty and Rach does. How they're doing in their marriage. It's important. How they're doing raising their kids. How they're doing financially. How they're doing health-wise. We pastor the pastors. And, you know, we love seeing healthy, flourishing churches. This is beautiful. But it always starts with a healthy, flourishing uh, pastor that, that's being refreshed and having breaks and time off and, and doing life well. And so, so far, I think we're, we're doing okay because Marty and Rach are killing it and the church is just flourishing. Uh, it's our great honour to be here today. I want to talk about relationships Today. Now, it's not about a marriage deal or finding a relationship. Um, relationships are one of those areas that have taken a hit over COVID. And, and I want to speak into that today that we can't be a church that pulls back from the relationships that God wants in our lives. And I'm going to unpack God's word and share three relationships that we all should have. And maybe today you're going to say, Miles, man, I'm missing a couple of those three. I may be missing all three. Or I'm missing one of them. These are relationships that we all need. There's three types through God's word. And I really want us to lean in and say, okay, God, stir me today to maybe lean into one of these three or two of these three that I may be missing. At Elevation, we have a mission statement. We're about creating environments that inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, and influence in our world. That, that's, our, that's our mission statement. That's what we're about. We're about intimacy with Christ. Everything we, everything we say and do has to be about Jesus. Has to be about getting people saved and us knowing him more. Has to be about Jesus. But relationships with others is absolutely critical. Why? Because it's critical to God. In fact, when he made this cra crazy planet, it's a beautiful planet, uh, everything was good until he said something wasn't good. He said, it's not good that man be alone. It's not good that we do life alone. We were created to have a relationship with him and with others. And so no, I've seen over COVID, people just aren't ready to jump back in uh, like pre-COVID into relationships. There's a hesitancy there. There is a kind of, people have pulled back. They're, 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 they're kind of protective. And, and some of it is just bad habits uh, some of it is just they like the doona and just like sleeping in and skipping church and getting online and, and, and some of it is that there was exhaustion and tiredness and some of it they're just it's a reset. I think God can work through all of that. But I want to challenge us as a church. We're called to have relationships. We are. We're, and sometimes you've got to push in because sometimes people aren't easy to love. Does anybody know someone that's not easy to love? If you haven't got your hand raised, maybe you're the one that people are thinking about. We're all human. But here's the power of relationships. If we get relationships right in our life, they cause everything else to flourish. 
In the same way, if we don't sort these relationships out, it can cause real pain and heartache. Now, God can work all that out for good, but we need to understand the role of relationships when it comes to us as followers of Christ. We all know deep down we long for relationships, we long for acceptance, we long for respect, we long for being valued, we long for being loved and a place we can be known, a place we can be needed. That's what Bonnie was referring to. This is a place where you are loved and welcome and you're accepted wherever you come from. And we all have that deep desire. But what I've often found in life, we might be one relationship away from the destiny and the purpose that God has for us. One relationship can change everything. Now, it always starts with Jesus Christ, absolutely, and that's what we preach every Sunday. But as followers of Christ, for those of us who are Christians... And if you're not a Christian, I'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service to make a decision to follow Christ. If we are followers of Christ, we've got to really, really look at our relationships. And they are massive and important in our future. I'll give you an example. In Acts 9, Paul's destiny was completely changed by one relationship. Let's pick up this story in Acts 9.26. When Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they're afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. So Paul gets saved. No one believes he's saved. Let me tell you the context if you're new to church. So initially, Paul, his name was Saul, and he was employed by the religious leaders to kill Christians. There was this new move, it was called The Way, and those who are following Jesus Christ who rose again, and they're preaching the gospel, people are getting saved. And so Saul's job was to find them out and kill them. He was a Christian murderer, that's his job. And on the way uh, to Damascus, he has an encounter with God. Uh, He's blinded, Uh, he hears the voice of God, Uh, God speaks to him directly, a wild conversion. I mean, just radical salvation. Maybe some of you have had those radical salvation uh, testimonies. Uh, This was one of the most radical. He went from killing Christians to preaching the gospel. And so then he comes to church, right? He says, all right, I'm going to switch camps. And he shows up at church and he's like, Marty, man, let me preach. You know, I want, to, I want to serve in the youth. I want to run a life group, you know. And Marty's like, you're just murdering Christians. You're going to put me in jail. I don't think so, buddy. We need to do a background check. We need to get a blue card. You know, we have some safe church policy. No chance. You're murdering Christians. You're not. I mean, everyone's welcome. Maybe except you, Paul, because you're murdering Christians and we don't want to die. And so they actually said no to him. Did you know that? They said no. They said, forget it. We, we can't do it. So what happens next? Well, he had a buddy named Barnabas. And Barnabas saw this life change. It was legit. It was real. And he says in verse 27, Barnabas took him, that's Paul, and brought him to the apostles. And he told him how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how on the road in Damascus he preached fearlessly in the name of the Lord. So Paul So Saul stayed with them and he moved about freely in Jerusalem. What did he do? He was speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. It was because of Barnabas' relationship with Paul that Paul was able to join the church and minister. Isn't that amazing? 
Without Barnabas, Paul would have never stepped into his ministry, his destiny, his purpose. It turns out Paul writes nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, maybe the most influential player in the modern church, in, in the New Testament, the penning of all the beautiful letters to the churches. It's because one person, Barnabas, backed him. You know, we all look at Paul, you're the hero. What about Barnabas? If Barnabas didn't support him and back him, believe in him, vouch for him, put his neck on the line for him, we never would have seen the impact. Isn't that amazing? That's outstanding to me. What about you? You might be one relationship away from fulfilling the calling and the destiny that's on your life. We're one relationship away from pursuing whatever God has for you on, on, on planet Earth. It's powerful what God can do in relationships. So today, uh, we're going to look at three relationships and we're going to study a guy called King David. He had three different relationships. We all need these relationships in our lives. If you haven't got one, it's time to pursue one. Firstly, we all need a Samuel. We all need a Samuel. That's a person who sees gold in you. A person that just believes in you. A, a person who just sees your potential in you. A, a person who just wants the best for you. We all need a Samuel. The challenge in Oz, we don't have many Samuels because rather than lift people up, we're born to, taught to pull them down. But Samuels are those that see something in you that you don't. So here's what happened. God had rejected Saul as king. It's a different Saul. Not the New Testament Saul, this is the Old Testament Saul. He's king, right, right of, the, of Israel, this nation. And, and sorry, you're not the guy. God kicks him out. He chooses Samuel to find the next king. So he goes to the house of Jesse. Samuel's led by the Lord. 1 Samuel 16, 6. When they arrived, Samuel uh, saw Elab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. So he was the eldest son of the house of Jesse, because the dad lines all the boys up. Uh, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. L the Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So your Samuel doesn't look at your outward appearance. A Samuel just doesn't look at what you've done in the past. A Samuel is led by the Spirit of God to discern something great in you. We all need Samuels in our lives to see what we can't. And Samuel was called as a prophet to choose the next king. We need Samuels in our life to draw things out of us that we don't see. Now, Jesse had seven sons, so they all line up before. Uh, it was a bit of a long day. I've got five kids, four boys, uh, and, and they line them all up. And then the Lord said, uh, rise and anoint. This is the one. Who's that? Well, David was out looking after the sheep. David didn't even get the invite. You know, he didn't get the invite to the, uh, you know, to, to the baby shower and, and got cut out of the, the, the invite to the, you know, engagement party. The poor guy, you know, insta everyone's getting invited and he didn't get the invite, wasn't included, uh, didn't know, and he gets rejected. He's out there taking care of the sheep. But Samuel says, it's not, these other boys aren't the one, there must be someone else. So finally Jesse goes and gets... Um, uh, David, and then he says, this is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. 
imagine his brothers. They'd be just spewing, wouldn't they? Like, who's this kid? He's going to be our boss? No chance. We've got a little kid named Jet, and he's 13, and we love him, and he's the favourite, and, uh, and, and, and our other older brothers don't like it because he gets everything, man. He gets pocket money and stay up and whatever he wants. He drives the car, whatever he wants, he gets. And so they're like, man, Dad, we never got anything. You know, we were never allowed to go anywhere with our mates. And so they sort of pick on him. And so we supplement them picking on him by spoiling him even more. And it creates this just, this is bad cycle where we spoil him more and they get even more upset with him anyway so he's now in charge the spirit of the lord came upon him there wasn't a person in david's family that saw gold in him his dad didn't even see gold in him his dad didn't even recognize the calling so often we see our kids we kind of know them too well not to see the potential in them is that, is that true? Where we can see our kids may mess up and do something wrong, may limit us from really seeing the potential in the future because we might see something in the natural. Not only do we need a Samuel in our life, you ready for this? You need to be a Samuel for others. You, you need to call it out. You need to see gold in your children. You need to see potential in your families. You, you, you need to see uh, the, the call of God on people's lives. Allow God to lead you, to say a word of encouragement. I see something in you. You're a great young woman or young man. I remember I was in a little country church and there was this old lady. And every time I saw her, I was probably young. I was probably 18 or something. She'd say, Hello, mighty man of valor. Every, every Sunday. I didn't even know what a mighty man of valor was, but it sounded good. And I'm like, yeah, that's me, mighty man of valor. There was just something that stirred in me when someone said something positive to me. We, we, we need a Samuel in our life, but we need to be a Samuel. Could I challenge all of you in this church? We, 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 we want to see gold in each other. We, we, we want to see the best in each other. We don't want to let appearance or the past or mistakes to ever stop us from achieving the calling on our life. In fact, I would say the amount of success you have in life can be determined by how much someone believes in you. You all know those who have really done massive things in your life, a coach, a boss, is because they believed in you. If you want more out of your employees, believe in them. You want more out of your kids? Believe in them. You, you, you want to see more out of your workers? Believe in them. If you believe in them, they'll often raise to the level that you believe. Jesus chose 12 ordinary men. He saw gold in them. Um, he, he, he sees God. I was a, a brickies labourer, which is the worst of the worst jobs on the job site. It's the lowest Look, a labourer is better than a brickie's labourer. A labourer has, has tools, you know, and hammers and, and, and safety gear. Brickie's labourer's got nothing. You know, he's running around in thongs and footy shorts. That's all he gets. And, and so I, I was just, I, didn't, I was just working and, and I was like 18 or something. I didn't know what I was doing. And, and the builder walked by at Smoko and he said, I've, I've seen you. Because I was at church on the Sunday. So I saw you at church. I said, yeah, 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 I go to church. 
He says, you a believer? See, I'm a believer. And I didn't want to say it too loudly because all the brickies might have beat me up, but I'm a believer. And uh, I don't think my voice had broken at 18. Yeah, I'm a believer. No hairs under my arms, a late bloomer. And, I'm a and he says, I, I, I see that you've got good work ethic. I say, oh, I'm, I try to work hard. And, and he said, hmm, no lie. He said, come to my office, 8 a.m. tomorrow. I see something in you. And he walked off, like, like 15 seconds. And I'm like, hey, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my, the brickies are just like, what just happened? Next day, 8 a.m. in the office, he, I was with him for 10 years. Uh, ended up profit sharing as a, as a partner in the business. But the best story was three months later, I was given a, a instruction to tell the brickies where to go and what to do that I used to work for. I became their boss. Praise the Lord. There is a God in heaven. Uh, someone saw gold in me. I, I want someone to see gold in you. Would you see gold in each other? Number one, everyone needs a Samuel. Can you be a Samuel to someone? If you don't have a Samuel, find someone. Find someone that's, you, you, you know a Samuel because when you leave a conversation, you feel better than when you started. That's a good way to know if someone's a Samuel in your life. If you're energized, yeah, go after them. Spend more time with them. Everyone needs a Samuel. We will be a church that sees gold in each other. We won't judge. We won't pull down. We will encourage and lift up. Number one, everyone needs a Samuel. Number two, everyone needs a Jonathan. Jonathan. What's a Jonathan? It's a person who helps you find spiritual strength. Back to the story with David. He's anointed king, remember? He's chosen and, and then he goes and he's a bit of a war hero. He kills Goliath and they're singing songs about him and he's kind of big time and Saul gets angry, jealous, upset, wants to kill him. Let's pick up the story 1 Samuel 23, 15. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish, And what did he do? Helped him get a plan to retire. Helped him work out how to get rid of his dad. Helped him get a better social media account. No, no. Helped him what? Find strength in the Lord. He specifically helped him find strength in the Lord. We need friends who help us find strength in the Lord. We need people who are going to stir us spiritually. Now, that's not everyone. You know, you're not going to go to work and say, oh, I just talked to my pastor. And he says, I need to find a friend who's going to help me spiritually. And you go to your boss and come on, we're going to read the Bible today. And the boss is like... I'm not even a Christian. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to choose wisely, but we all need someone. We all need at least one Jonathan who we're going to pray together. Maybe you're going to fast. Hey, let, let's fast next week. You know, let, let, let's fast from something, uh, food or social or, or food. Hey, let, let's do a Bible reading plan together. Uh, let, 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 let's let, let, let's do, go on an um, uh, off-site. Let's go away for a day and seek God. Who is it in your life that strengthens you spiritually? When everyone abandoned David, Jonathan stood up for him, even to the point of losing his whole life. Now, here's what's interesting with Jonathan. He should have been the next king. But he understood his role was to build David up spiritually, who would be the next king. 
Everyone needs someone to help us find spiritual strength. Why? Because no matter who you are, you'll have bad days. I'm a pastor. I have bad days. (laughs) I struggle. I have doubts. I need someone that's got my back, who's going to challenge me spiritually. Um, Someone who will stand by you. Uh, someone who when you're in need and everyone walks out, they're going to walk in. Someone who won't just pray for you, they'll pray with you. Someone who will come beside you. They'll go walk down the beach with you. You can call them 24-7. Hey, I've got a challenge. I I need us to pray together. Can can we just get on the phone and let's just pray for this business deal? Can we just pray for this employee that's put a lawsuit on me? Can we just pray for my marriage that I've just got kicked out and I'm sitting in the Everyone needs someone who's going to help you spiritually. We have so many relationships, but few revolve around spirituality. It's true, isn't it? We have lots of friends and social and work and church, but we need specifically those who help us spiritually. Uh, Who helps you find strength? Who inspires you? Who challenges you? Now, my question is this. Are you a Jonathan to others? We all need a Jonathan, right? Someone who's going to challenge us spiritually. But are you going to challenge and help someone spiritually? If you want to find someone that's going to stir you spiritually, you need to be that for someone else. Often when you want something, you've got to be the thing that you're looking to be. And so finding those small pockets, life groups, are essential That's what a life group is about. It's about strengthening us spiritually. If you're not in a life group, I I, I encourage you, find a life group. Get with Marty and Rach. We'll we'll start one. We'll we'll get you in one. You've got to find people that are going to have your back spiritually. We will be a church that sees gold in each other. We'll be a church that builds each other up spiritually. And finally, we'll be a church that has a Nathan. A Nathan. What's a Nathan? A Nathan is a person that tells you the truth. Now, you might have said, Miles, oh, I'm, I'm all good with the Samuel. I got people that see gold in me, my mum. You know, we all got a mum. They see gold in us most of the time. We're good. Check that one off. Yeah, I need a Jonathan, someone who's going to challenge me spiritually. You know, I got Marty, you know, he, he's preaching to me every week. I, I, I would challenge you that Marty might not be the Jonathan because you might not be able to call him at midnight uh, and he might not answer. So you might need someone a bit more personal. But when it comes to this Nathan, this is a tricky one. Now, let, let, me, let me give you the backstory. David blew it. So he actually became king and took Israel to their most prosperous time ever and defeated the Philistines. He got a bit complacent. He got a bit post-COVID, just sort of chilled and I don't need to go to church this week. You know, I'm just going just, just gonna to laze around and he's got some bad habits and he's at home in the pool and he's checking out Bathsheba in, in the plunge pool next door. She, she's got a little, uh, you know, it's a plastic um, a hot tub and, you know, it's got dropped on the deck of the, of, of the house and he's looking over the fence and mm, I was checking her out and, and he, he, he kind of messes up. He, um, he, he takes her and, and has uh, a relationship with her that he shouldn't have and Nathan shows up. Who's Nathan? Nathan's a prophet. 
And in the Old Testament, there were prophet and kings. They were anointed to do the call on their life. I often think today we, we have, uh, instead of prophets, we have pastors. And instead of kings, we have businessmen and women. I think it's a powerful relationship that they have anointed to, to serve each other. And so Nathan, he comes to David as made, I've got a story. I'm going to tell you. And, and Dave's, yeah, yeah, go, go for it. He said, well, there was once upon a time, there was this uh, little sheep herder. And he only had one lamb. He loved that lamb. He would take care of it in the day. He'd put it on his shoulders at night. He would bring it into the house. It would eat at the table with them. Uh, some of you think, ugh, but some of you, your pets are a little bit too close. <laughs> you need a little bit of boundaries with pets and dinner. Okay, let's just say it. This whole kissy-kissy on the back of their dog's head, that's, that's a no-go, right? We've got just a bit of balance there. And so there's this beautiful little lamby, and they love the lamb, and, and it's an awesome lamb. Well, there was this other farmer or sheep herder who had thousands of sheep, and he was a rich and a wealthy man. And he looked across the paddock and saw this little baby lamb with this sheep herder. And this wealthy man took that Sheep took the lamb to himself by force and made it his own. So Nathan says, you know, how does that make you feel, David? He's, he's, David is furious. He's livid. He's like, that's wrong. Who is that guy? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the king. I'll kill him today. We need justice. He was furious. And then Nathan, 2 Samuel 12, 7, said to David, Atarish, that's the Hebrew, Atarish. You are the man. <laughs> you are the man. Whew. Suddenly, David realized that he had taken Bathsheba, who was the wife of one of his military commanders, and took him by force and actually killed the husband. And suddenly, David saw the error of his ways. He, he, the, the blind deception left, and, and suddenly he was convicted he was brokenhearted and he repented. He got his life right. All because of one relationship, a Nathan. It was Nathan that allowed David to continue on as king. It's interesting, these three relationships in David's life, without a Samuel, he never would have been king. Without a Jonathan, he never would have been king. And without Nathan, he never would have been king. Every one of those three relationships was actually vital. Now, let me just bring some real clarity before we end here. This is important. You can only be a Nathan in someone's life if they invite you. You cannot be a Nathan because you see something. It doesn't give you permission because you know something to say it. Right? Because God has a purpose and a plan for every mankind and he's working and where to follow God's, God's plan and his timing, not, not to usurp that or fix it ourselves. So we have to get in the flow of what God is doing in that person's life. And sometimes there's a season of grace. Uh, sometimes there is a season of challenging. But it has to be that person gives you permission to speak into their life. Just because you see something doesn't mean you should say it. I hear these Christians all the time. Well, I just say it as it is. No, that's rude. That's obnoxious. That's offensive. Well, you know, I, I just tell the truth. 
how about you take the log out of your own stinking eye before you take a speck out of someone else's? This isn't about judging or condemning. This is about being loving and being asked to be a Nathan. So Nathans are, gen- are motivated by love for the person. And so the way you can be a Nathan is to love the person. Uh, Nathan was that prophet. He was ordained by God. And God had given him that role. And David had given him per- permission. Um, now, we're not going to have a marriage seminar. But you might be married to who you think is a Nathan. And they may be quite passionate uh, about correcting or, or saying um, that th- that's okay. Um, I feel that when God puts us together and, and we are actually there to benefit each other. And so in those relationships of husbands and wives, we're going to get a little bit of Nathan back and forth, a bit of challenging. I'm not going to address that today. But what I want to address is you need people in your life who can be honest with you. You need people in your life you can be honest to. You need someone that you can just tell them what's going on. That, that you can share your heart, share your hurts, uh, be vulnerable, be real. We, we have a saying at Elevation, it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. In fact, Jesus forgives. The Bible says we go to people for healing. We all need someone that, that we can just be honest and open with. Often it's a, someone who's a bit older, uh, maybe someone who's more mature, uh, more like a spiritual mother or a spiritual father. Proverbs 27.5 says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. The key word is sincere. Someone that loves you and cares for you. Who have you invited into your life to speak to you? To challenge you? As the musicians come and we really seek God about this area of relationships, um, I'll close with this. Some of my friendships and relationships post-COVID have just, they've been turned upside down. I I don't know whether it's what's in the water or or what's happened, (laughs) but I've seen more people leave the church, more people leave jobs, more people leave friendships, more people leave town than ever before. COVID has just really decimated the landscape in so many ways when it comes to relationship. And when that happens, there can be this hurt. And I've been hurt more relationally in the last 12 months than my entire pastoring, no doubt. I'm like, you know, I just... Thought we were friends. <laughs> and, 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 and it's complicated and it's, it's not simple and it's kind of messy because we're human. But I have a choice. I can pull back and isolate. I can shut down. I can get self-defensive. I, I, I can get in this protection mode. I can shut everyone out. Or I, I can keep my heart open to love. I can keep leaning into relationships. I, I, I can keep... Now, relationships may change. You know, they may evolve. That's, that's fine. But we should never withdraw. We, we should never let the hurts uh, cause us to pull back. We, we've always got to have that heart that leads in because it's through relationships that God does His greatest work in us. 
they're complicated, they can be messy, but God has called us not to live life alone. God has called us to do life with others.